Welcome to On the Air with Palantir, a podcast by Palantir.net, where we go in depth on topics related to the business of web design and development. It's February 2016, and this is episode two. I'm Allison Manley, an account manager here, and today my guest is Colleen Carroll, our director of operations, who is here to speak with me about creating a culture of feedback. This is a topic that's universal to all companies, large and small, no matter what the industry. When we work with our colleagues, it's easy to give them positive feedback, right? You can tell someone that, hey, you know, that tip you gave me really made my work life better today. But we often struggle with how to communicate with our colleagues about how their process or their work habits can be improved. How do you do it thoughtfully and be able to work through those issues that arise without alienating them? Colleen is going to speak about how she's endeavored to create a culture here at Palantir that allows this process to happen. Thank you, Colleen, for talking with me about what I think is a super interesting topic. Uh, Admittedly, not one that I have to think about every day in my work, (laughs) since I'm not in your position. You are the director of operations, which means that you handle all human resource-related items, which is hiring, health insurance, vacation requests, basically keeping all of us employees happy. (laughs) But it also means that you give employee reviews and you are the first person people go to when there's a personality conflict or similar. So it's a tough job, right? I wouldn't say it's a tough job, but you are correct in that I cover all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you've really invested a ton of time, years literally, and thought into making Palantir a really comfortable and engaging and positive place to work. And you really think about how the employees here can advance themselves as well and set themselves up for success and support each other to make everyone stronger, which is terrific. It's one of the reasons I I like being here myself. Part of that is also being able to provide them feedback on the work that they're doing and encouraging them to give feedback to others and setting up that culture of feedback within the workplace. Um, So let's answer the question, what is feedback? So for me, this, the definition of feedback has changed quite a bit. And right now where I, where I stand in my definition of feedback is that it's the desire to improve something and being able to communicate that and receive that, um, you know, have to be able to give feedback to somebody and to receive feedback from somebody in an effort to improve something. You said to me that there are two levels of feedback. There's learning how to give it and also learning how to filter it. That's right. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people people feel that feedback is about telling somebody that you don't like the way that they have done something. And feedback is so much more important than that, in my opinion. It's something where your desire is to to improve something. You want something to become better and you you commit to that. So in order for that feedback to be powerful, you have to be compassionate as the giver of feedback, but also be compassionate or, or you know, have empathy for the person um, also in receiving that feedback. It's about building trust and doing that through communication. And by doing that, you can have, you can have a, con- a candid conversation about things that are going on, desires that you have to improvement and, and committing to that process. So it's more than just, you know, driving by and saying, you know, that you like or dislike something. It's about saying why you liked that and and providing constructive feedback specifically about things that you think can improve and and why you care about it. Okay. So Palantir is a company of 30 employees right now. 
That's correct. There is a commonality among all companies where they hit a certain size. They become less the startup, sort of fun, informal culture, much more loose. And then they become much more state and bureaucratic. You have to add some levels of procedure, if right. you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's at this point where feedback and communication starts to become really, really critical, right. in your opinion. Yes. I think what um, the reason why the there's a shift at the 15 to 30 mark is because because structure and process is so informal under 15, you can spread among a team of people what you value, what you vision, um, you know, what, what your vision is for the company. Those things are easy to talk about and, and to communicate about. And when you get to be larger, it just becomes more challenging to have those conversations and to, to demonstrate the things that that you value as individuals. And that's something that we saw change as we as we grew. It made it harder. And then we were more distributed as well. So we weren't all in the same same place. And so we didn't get to see how people interacted every day. When you have constant and cons and consistent communication, it's easy to know what to give feedback on because again you're trying to improve stuff probably based in values. So if you're lacking a clear vision, if you're not communicating consistently and repeatedly and reinforcing the values, um, then you almost don't have a common thread to communicate about and therefore to also provide feedback about. Um, and so working on all of those things is, is as the company grows, making sure that everyone knows what, that what are the things that, that we value as a company, where are we headed, and what do we want to provide feedback to each other about and encouraging and demonstrating that. And so as you get larger, you kind of have to put some structure, some process in place, and in some ways, most importantly, is providing feedback to the team that, hey, we could provide more feedback. <laughs> you know, it sounds so <laughs> silly. on your feedback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it sounds so silly, and, and it is truly, it's so obvious it's, it's actually hard because I think people take it for granted that feedback is important, both positive and and constructive and you know and I think a lot of people this is not unique to Palantir this is this is unique to American culture probably other cultures as well that a lot of people hold back feedback because of fear of, of making somebody's you know hurting somebody's feelings or um, you know another insecurity on their own part or something that they perceive is happening on the other end and instead of just giving what is objective feedback here is something that I observed and, and the impact that I saw. Would you Can we talk about it some more? Don't have an opinion about, well, you did this thing wrong for this reason and, and you should have done it this way. That's actually not committing to the person or even having empathy for that person and, and why they made that decision. Understanding how you can help them improve on that or, or make that better. So essentially we need to become more Vulcan, really, <laughs> where we just strip the emotion out of it become more logical, but do it in a way that's not accusatory, you know. Well, it's interesting because it's, it's, it is and it isn't. Like you, I think you have to be more Spock than Vulcan. You have to have both those sides, right? That's his big struggle is that he's got the one side that, that is, is so objective. Um, but when he uses his empathy, when he uses his emotions, he can connect greater and, and understand the situations that people are in and um, provide feedback that's more meaningful. And you, so you have to have both. I think it's important to deliver it objectively, but demonstrate 
the empathy and the compassion for the person. But also there's a self-awareness as well. This is, you know, I guess this hits up both sides is as a giver of feedback, are you aware of the way you're communicating? Are you aware of how the person is receiving that information? Are they feeling feeling defensive? Are they feeling energized? How How is your feedback being received and is it hitting the goal that you had in the first place for giving that, that feedback? Um, and then vice versa, as a receiver of feedback, what are your triggers? What are your insecurities? What um, What gets you excited? Are you ready to ask more questions? And I think that's, that self-awareness on both sides is so important because it builds it builds trust, which increases communication and which helps everybody move towards the goal at hand. It, I'm so glad I got a Star Trek analogy in there, first of all. <laughs> You're welcome. You can thank my dad for <laughs> my formative years. <laughs> but it sounds like therapy in a way, too. It absolutely right. is, yeah. Right, it's no different, I don't think. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you can't... I I think it's sometimes I think we make things so procedural and so process and I don't mean we Palantir Palantir certainly has things that you know our team we can improve on but I I mean we as people we try to add process to make things simpler and we lose the the human component and the reality is, is that we don't just work with computers we work with people and Different things impact people in different ways, and all of those things are are valid. And understanding that, understanding those motivators, is is important. You know, I know I'm I am a I'm incredibly receptive to feedback. It doesn't mean it doesn't. Some feedback can destroy me. Like I, you know, I I feel paralyzed by it. But you know, I kind of I kind of percolated on on it on the ba- in the background. It takes me a few days, and then I move through that process very quickly. And not everybody does. Everybody processes that kind of, you know, what can be challenging feedback um, in different ways. Um, but I know that when someone comes to me with feedback and they they check in with me later about that conversation that we had to make sure that I actually understood it, but also to make sure that that they're demonstrating their commitment to me and that they want to, they're giving this to me not because they're, you know, upset with the way that I did something and, and think I shouldn't do it again. They're, they're, they see the potential for me to improve. Yeah. That is, having that support mm-hmm. makes me want to grab onto that feedback as sort of like it's gold. Like, thank you. This is amazing. Because you gave this to me now, I can I can do something better. I can understand the impact of, of um, some actions that I had that I, you know, didn't come across the way that I expected them to. I mean, I, I, keep, I keep talking in the, in the sense of, some more constructive feedback, but, um, you know, positive feedback is also important. Getting someone to, you know, someone coming and telling you that, hey, that thing you just did, that just changed the way I saw this other situation. I'm so thankful. That reinforces for you as the receiver of that feedback that you should continue to do that and do that for others. Where, you know, if if you're not getting any kind of feedback, then you don't know what progress you're making in, in your in your role, in your life, in your relationships, and in all things. Right. So if you just do something and you get no feedback at all, I mean, there is the phrase, of course, no news is good news, but there's right. a point where it's just a vacuum and you're not sure yeah. Yeah. if what you're doing is is being received in any way. And that's right. And being a distributed company especially, it, it makes it, you have to go the extra effort to make sure that you don't unintentionally create a vacuum because we're not in in the office together and we don't get that you know that 
informal passing in the hallway of, hey, that thing you did yesterday, it was so great. You know, you don't have those those interactions in the same way. You have to find a, a different way to have similar interactions, to build relationships with, again, with the team that you're at, you, that you work with. And um, I think feedback is so important because it allows you to understand the bigger picture. And especially if it's anchored in, vi in a vision or a purpose and the values that we share, it makes that feedback so much more powerful. So how is feedback best delivered then? I did quite a bit of research, and this was a list that I, I had pulled together from a number of resources. But for me, the, the things that make feedback best delivered is when it's timely and it's direct and specific. And what I mean by that is if you're trying to give feedback and you say, you didn't do that well, that doesn't actually give the person anything actionable. You have to describe the, the, the action or the behavior and the, its impact and then allow them to come to a solution. But you, but you have to be specific enough. You know, something, this thing on this project, you know, not a general statement. I think also it's important that you ask permission. Don't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I didn't like that thing over here. You know, don't do that again. That's not good because, one, you don't even know where that person was at, what they were doing, and if they were, they were able to receive that feedback. Um, especially in the case where it's constructive, I think it's you know showing compassion for the person you're giving feedback to is to also say, hey, I have some, some feedback I'd like to give, you, give to you. When would be a good time? Allow them to control the environment that, that they're in so that they can be most receptive. Also, you don't want to give feedback to somebody who's not receptive because it's not going to go anywhere. You're not going to hit the goal of, of helping improve a situation. Um, I personally feel that face-to-face -face or one-on-one, -on -one, whether that's like over a, a video chat or something is, is beneficial because it allows for a conversation to happen for the person receiving the feedback to understand better. And definitely not by email. I, I do not encourage by email at all. Maybe the first note that's like, hey, I have some feedback to give you by email and then set up a time, that would be okay. But I don't, yeah, I don't like email because again, it's, it's not, you're not building a relationship at that point. And then again, you're not going to hit the goal. What was the point in giving the feedback in the first place? Um, Plus, I feel email can be so easily misconstrued at times too, depending on how it's read. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can, you can say one phrase even in person and someone will someone can get caught off guard and then but then you have the chance to say well actually let me explain a little bit more about what I meant by that and and allow that person to you know to to absorb what you're trying to say um right and sarcasm also comes across really clearly in person and not so much in emails <laughs> yeah that's okay. I don't recommend having sarcasm in any kind of feedback unless you really know the person it's probably not a good idea um <laughs> Because you want it to be direct. You want right. it to be honest, um, but supportive as well. Um, so some other things that I think, there's so many things that make you know feedback really good. Um, obviously, it should be actionable because <laughs> you're giving feedback for a purpose. So, so make it something that the person can actually impact um, you know, or explain it in such a way that they, that they can have an impact on it. Um, and I think always just remember that you should give positive feedback too. Don't just give the constructive feedback all the time. You know, people need both. They need to know how they can improve, but they also need to know the things that they are doing that are really working really well. Um, you know, that's that's part of part of the full process of life, I think. We know it's impossible for everybody to get along. 
<laughs> we all have different personalities. We're all different people. Um, someone might just annoy you, but you have to work with them and you have to find a way. So how can you best give feedback to someone when they just annoy you like crazy? <laughs> I think first you have to ask yourself, why does this person annoy you? You don't go into a conversation or go to give somebody feedback and say, hey, you're super annoying to me. Because what was your goal? What was your purpose for giving that feedback? Do you actually want them to stop being annoying? Then you probably should figure out what it is that's actually annoying you. And through that process, you may actually discover that it's something that relates to you and not that person. Or you may find that it's actually something that's actionable, like the way that the person communicates. And it's specifically that maybe they use words that are not clear or sometimes people speak in analogies and you're n and it's not direct and you're like I, I don't relate to any of these analogies so I am not following you or maybe the person consistently takes up like two hours of your time talking about something that's not related to something else so, you know that's that's to me that's an issue of one you should have put some boundaries on your time and set expectations and two receive you know give feedback rather to that person that says Hey, listen, you know, when we have meetings, our conversations always run very long. And then, you know, I'm not able to, to focus on some of the other work that I need to do. I think that these conversations are valuable. Can we find a different way to, 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 to manage them, to keep them to a half hour, you know, or I, c I just can't commit that much time or... I mean, it just depends on what the situation is, but you, you, have, to you have to actually... This is where the self-awareness piece comes in. What is it that you're feeling and, and why? And can you, can you bring some um, objectivity to it? Can you understand that better? And then can you figure out what is actually actionable on the other person's part? Um, but, but most specifically, what's the goal? What are you trying to do in giving that feedback? If you just really dislike somebody, don't give them that feedback. That's like, what are you trying to achieve with that? That's not for work, at least. If you want to do that in your personal life, that's fine. <laughs> but at work... You show respect to your colleagues, and you do that by giving them constructive and actionable feedback. I think it's so interesting that you use positive and constructive instead of positive and negative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's very deliberate. But that is very deliberate, yes. <laughs> that it's negative is the, it sets the wrong tone. I mean, I, I'm a huge proponent of positive reinforcement. Um, you know, I it can be used in, an, in a number of different ways, but... You know, f feedback that is delivered as "don't do this," you know, I've you know, mostly when there's don'ts or or no's or buts, you're not actually telling them the beha the desired behavior or the desired actions. You're telling them all the things that they're doing wrong, but that doesn't give them a path or a journey to understand what good looks like, what helpful looks like. So constructive has to, for me, it gets back to the ob objectivity. What what is the action? What is the behavior that was causing some type of impact? Or, you know, whether that be a, a, an amazing impact or possibly a negative impact. And if it was a negative impact, can you also still provide that in a constructive way? You know, when you say, you know, when you say something this way, it has this impact on the team. That's, that's a way for them to understand that an action that they did caused this impact. It doesn't talk about the intent that the the person who was talking had because that in some ways that doesn't matter it's about you did this action and it hurt people's feelings 
So <laughs> just because you, you know, sometimes people do things not realizing that they're maybe hurting people's feelings, for instance. Um, so it's it's not easy. I will say it's it's challenging to give constructive feedback. But I also I have a I have an art background and I went through critiques forever. <laughs> and yeah, me too. So <laughs> I think like I kind of while it's still not easy for me, I kind of love it because people give you feedback about your you know your artwork and say, well, it does this doesn't resonate with me or the way you you painted this tree, it looks like an elephant. I don't know. I'm just coming up with something, but that that's important to know because is what you are doing sending the message that you intended it to oh it isn't you should probably try something different because it's you're not hitting your desired outcome and when you receive constructive feedback then you can improve it and you can be more successful right right so the challenge for constructive feedback a lot of the time is in how it's phrased mm -hmm. you know because it can it can come across uh, as accusatory, yes. But if you phrase it differently, it can come across as helpful, yes. So, and that that can be a very fine line. <laughs> it very much so can be. <laughs> right. So, how can we phrase feedback to make it less adversarial? Two phrases that I very much like, um, and actually, I originally got these phrases from Ken, our director of. Um, professional services. I, I used to go to him for advice on how to do this. And my research only confirmed that he was absolutely right. And the way that you do it is by saying, there's two phrases, I observed or I noticed. Those are the two that I, I anchor to the most. There's probably a bazillion other ways that you could do it. But by saying, I observed this and it had this impact or it affected others in this way or me in this way, it helps you stay objective. It helps you stay constructive. And it takes your emotions out of it. Um, it's okay to mention, you know, if somebody else's emotions were impacted on it. But you're trying to deliver feedback about the behavior. So by saying, I observed um, this happened, that, that gets that across much easier. But you also want to be careful about introducing a third person's feelings, too, because you don't want to say... That's a very good point. I observed that Jane was crying because you said X, right? <laughs> or, <laughs> right. Or something similar. Right, yeah. I wonder, let me think about that for a second. How would you actually handle that one? You know, I observed that some comments that, that you made had uh, potentially a, an emotional impact on somebody, you know. But then again, you don't want to go to the point of, of saying, have you talked to them? Can you talk to them? How do you feel about that? It's like you're not – it's important to to express that this action happened, this 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 thing mm -hmm. happened. And I wanted to bring that to you because I thought that you would be interested in, in knowing that that impact or that, that it affected this in this particular way. Um, it's more just about that. And then if, if the person who you're giving the feedback to wants to talk through that more, that's great. Allow yourself to be available to that person. However, don't also think that they're going to want to talk to you about all of that because that could be very private. It could be very personal to them. It could be very challenging for them even. And you are not their therapist. Right. You are a, <laughs> you know, a giver of feedback, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is different. Um, so, Well, let's walk through an example of good versus bad feedback. You've mentioned a couple as we uh, have been talking, but give me an example of good feedback. I can give you one that uh, relates to me. I think it'll, it'll resonate the most. Um, 
some very good constructive feedback that I received recently is about my communication style. And it is that when I phrased um, something a particular way, it came off as though I was not taking ownership over my, my actions. And that was actually never my in intent. And what had the, you know, the person who was giving me this feedback said, that statement is actually in the passive voice and active voice does not actually have that problem. So it's an interesting realization for me because I've known I'm a I am an informal communicator and I very much speak in the passive both verbally and in writing and it's interesting to to realize this this is this is fairly recent fe feedback but it, it it was hard to receive at first cuz I thought to myself oh that's not how I I meant it to come out I I I really like a I I'm really serious about what I was trying to communicate and I take full responsibility over my decisions. Why did it come across this way? And, and what I understood in the feedback was that it's not about your intent, it's about the, the style of communication that you use, the mode for which you use to communicate it. And because I use passive, passive voice so often, I can't, I'm not actually expressing my intent. So one of the things I have to work on as a human being is, is understanding how to be myself, but use more active voice. And what's funny, this is probably the third time I've received this feedback. Um, it, in the past, it was in regards to just my writing style. I'm not a writer. I'm a visual, I'm a, I'm a painter, I'm a sewer, I, you know, I, I like to talk. But when it comes to writing, that's never been my, my strong suit. And I know that my, when I do write, it's super wordy, you know, and it's definitely in the passive voice. And I find when I switch to the active voice, all of a sudden, <laughs> people feel that, I'm I'm understood more clearly. I don't have to repeat myself as often, um, and it's taken me years to realize that. But it, someone actually unlocked that that feedback for me recently by helping me understand, you know, this this difference between active and passive voice. So it's, that's been hugely powerful for me. You know, it's interesting because uh, about a year ago, or m actually more than a year ago at this point, there was a client who gave me and other people on the team a PowerPoint presentation on. This is how I tick, and this is how to work with me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? That's great. <laughs> and it sort of makes me wonder if it wouldn't hurt for employees to sort of make a five-page deck, right, yeah. on this is how I like to receive feedback, This is yeah. these are my likes and dislikes, and this is how you can best work with me. Like maybe when you onboard a new employee every right. time, we just sort of have a this is how I tick, basically. Yeah. Well, uh, just even even instilling that is uh, the way that I the way that I see that it can be Im impactful is to say, "Hey, you're new to Palantir. We value a culture of feedback. We value the fact that um, feedback is important. It helps us do things better. It helps us make you know better mistakes tomorrow and constantly iterate and and all of that. Um, but we also acknowledge that it's hard." And it's a commitment. But if everyone's doing it, then you have the support of everybody. I don't want the culture at Palantir to be one where um, you're not allowed to make mistakes. And I mean that even in giving feedback. It's so easy to misstep on, on the words that you choose or, you know, not be um, considering, you know, intent versus how, how it was actually received. I want to know that our team can say, Thank you for that feedback. Here's how it felt 
to to receive that feedback you know i think this is actually what i meant and you know maybe can you engage in a dialogue with me about that better or more specifically you know hey thank you for that feedback but that was really i i it's not actionable i can't do anything with it that's you as a receiver giving feedback back mm -hmm. and for some people that may not happen right away for some you know you may have for me especially it, sometimes it takes me like 24 hours to to have a follow-up question but knowing that i can go back to that person is is going to be key so i think we have to talk about it i think we as in order if we believe in a culture of feedback as palantir you know members of the palantir team it means building a relationship with the people you work with and, and helping them understand how you tick what is it that that you like are you better communicating through hip chat or through email or in person because somebody might prefer email or they might prefer hip chat um, because it it helps them it helps them you know there's something really interesting about hip chat that you can you can when you're chatting with somebody else you can talk about a lot of things it's in writing but you can sit and you can you can kind of review it a couple times and then ask appropriate questions rather than you know maybe being on the defensive if someone's in, in you in person and it's a very intense topic sometimes it's it can just be challenging some people work better in in a format like like chat and i think that that should be allowed it shouldn't be one way it's it's going to change no matter who's depending on who the giver is and the receiver is of that feedback the communication style and the relationship has to change because it has to match both right and i i would also assume you know, I kind of wonder, we're obviously a small firm of 30, and we're mostly made up of engineers of various types, whether we're, you know, front-end developers or uh, engineers, but also designers. And then, of course, there are some more administrative. As we mentioned before, those of us who have been through art school, you and myself included, <laughs> are painfully uh, practiced in how to accept feedback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but other people may not be. Yep. And and then, of course, there's so much dependent on the personality of the person as well, regardless of whether you went through critiques in art school or not. You know, right. there's also just your personality um, to deal with. So I wonder if you have found any sort of commonalities between types of people, how they handle feedback better than other other groups, maybe. You know, I, I haven't. And I think the reason for that is that so much impacts your ability to, to receive feedback, just like so many different things impact your ability to be a strong communicator. I think it, you know, c everything from, you know, your, your childhood years to your family model to um, the type of education that you had, the discipline that you had, there's so many different pieces that come into play. I mean, my, I was, I was raised, you know, my parents very much talked about their emotions all of the time. And my dad would talk about things that he would go through f with work and feedback that he had heard and how he would give it and he would problem solve in front of us. And that, that has allowed me to have, un that behavior demonstrated for me that that's sort of a normal part of life. Like, doesn't everybody do that? You know? <laughs> and I've learned in the different jobs that I've had and the different people I've met in life that they have different experiences and, and different styles of communication. So there is no one. I, I don't think there are buckets or even a, a predictable pattern um, to, to go by. But what I do know is that it almost it doesn't actually matter if people are, are 
as they come into Palantir, if they're good receivers or, or givers of feedback. What matters is how how we as a company enforce that we value it and that it's something that you have to practice and that you're going to make a lot of mistakes before you get it right. And knowing that everyone around you values that experience and that they would support you through it if you make a mistake, then why wouldn't you try it out? You know, No one expects you to be a rock star on day one. Here, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, extending this this practice to other companies, there mm -hmm. are a lot of other companies where, you know, they don't accept that, mm -hmm. right? And right. that's the challenge. You know, they, they feel threatened if they try to get feedback from someone. It's almost, um, you know, what are the repercussions if I give feedback to my boss or my boss gives feedback yeah. to me, right? It's, right. It, it really becomes confrontational. And then there's a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, and I, so it's something I really, uh, personally appreciate about here is the fact that, uh, there is a lot of communication <laughs> going on. It's not always the case. And I think the larger yeah. the company gets, the harder it is to, to implement. Definitely. And, and, and no doubt that at Palantir, we be, I don't know, I don't know if this is because of our roots in open source or. Um, I don't know what it is, or we just, we just, it's certainly what Tiffany and George value as well, but it's always been about an open conversation, and I came to, to Palantir for that reason, I could tell, so, you know, I, I knew that I would get feedback about how I was doing so that I could get better, that's exactly why I wanted to come here, and I think you're, I mean, you're right, there are a lot of companies, a lot of other places, institutions where feedback is not encouraged especially upward and it's not easy to receive either you know being being a, a manager and receiving feedback from your direct reports is is a delicate topic but at palantir we it's important that that feedback loop is there and i i think the key is still to ask if you can have permission mm -hmm. to do that you know can i give you some feedback um and be mindful about what it means to be giving that feedback, what it's going to be like for that person to receive that feedback. I think there's also a, a, a smaller component of asking, is, it, is the feedback that you're giving appropriate too? Especially when you're moving from um, levels of, of structure in a company. You know, obviously Palantir has, we're, we're working on having a, a more, a richer culture of feedback here, but we have to be mindful about our clients. What, just because we, you know, are committed to it here and, and you know doing a really good job of it doesn't mean that we we have to build relationships with our clients in the same way that we built relationships with ourselves here so when you when you do build a relationship of um, giving feedback with somebody it can get to a point it can advance to a point where you can get really critical let's say but it's but that's a relationship that you may have set with that person like we've we've gotten to a point where we can talk about anything and, mm -hmm. and no one gets upset and it's just it's just great. It's so refreshing. But that's a relationship thing. That's not a, oh, I just gave this feedback and you should be able to receive it. And I think when you when we're working with our clients, it's important to understand their ability to receive that feedback. Is it a part of their culture? And and what are you trying to achieve in giving this feedback and are you gonna hit that goal? And if not, then you should you should think about maybe another way. Is there a, a different a different way that you can strengthen that relationship so that that feedback can be delivered? Um. Yeah, because obviously, having setting up a happy environment in the workplace will permeate 
into happier clients as well. If we're able to have open communication within, right. that facilitates open communication externally. Right. Um, and then it just creates a much more supportive environment overall. Right. But I thought it was interesting. You said I, that's something I hadn't considered at all, that maybe since our company's roots in particular are based in open source, the whole idea of just open dialogue has just always been there. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's not something that's interesting. It's not something I considered. Yeah, the, my I think my first days as a developer at Palantir, I, I, I knew that was what I was getting into, but I really didn't know what that was like to experience that. And because I had been through art school, I knew what it was like to have someone come in and tell you what actually is negative feedback, not really <laughs> constructive feedback. <laughs> so I was ready to like, okay, I know how not to cry. You know, that, that pink was color one. bothers me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible painter, you know, or whatever. I, I, I can think of some doozies that I've heard that because you in art school, you learn to, to defend yourself. And that's actually not the goal here. Right. We're right. not looking to be on the defense. We're looking to to be responsive as receivers of feedback and and to to understand why what is it that what is it that's happening what is it that, that this person who's giving me feedback is trying to say and do i understand the position that they're in and you know there's so much of a bigger picture it's not just a judging panel right, right. um cuz we work with everybody every day we spend so much time here you have to you have to have a a, a deeper relationship um but I remember my first days as a front-end developer here. <laughs> but just having just my like my coding standards or things that I had never no one had given me feedback in a way that was actionable and to have you know someone come in and say, All of these things are wrong for this reason and here's some documentation on, on how it can hit this goal. You know, whether it's performance or um, you know, accessibility or, or different things. And it you know, sometimes I liken it to, you know, playing a video game. That when you when you play some more traditional video games, I should say, where you can see how many lives you have left and how many what your score is, you have real time feedback about how you're doing. <laughs> you know, so you know you're you're able to build a strategy on you know right at that point in time. And I think without that information, without that positive and constructive feedback, you don't you don't know you don't know if you're hitting the goals that you've set out for yourself and for the goals that have been set out for you for the role that you play in this, you know, in this company or in this, this culture. It's interesting. Uh, I guess that's why Fitbits are so, you know, popular <laughs> because how am I doing? How am I doing? <laughs> yeah. The real time feedback for sure. I mean, it can get a little obsessive. That's, that's, that's the downside. You know, you, sometimes you just need to relax and trust yourself too. Um, but again, I think when you can build a feedback loop, you can actually, you can start to trust yourself and people can trust you and, and you, you can't build trust by never talking to each other, whether that's through feedback or, or not. It's, you know, I think it's so, it's so important to, to, to build relationships with the people that you work with and, and understand, understand what motivates them and make sure that they understand what motivates you and how you best communicate and receive information and vice versa. Because the goal is to do things better together, not <laughs> not independently. Right. You know, <laughs> you're not going to get that far on your own. You know, better communication. Yeah, always, definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. 
Since this episode is being released close to Valentine's Day, we hope you all get great feedback to create a more happy workplace. If you want to hear more episodes of On the Air with Palantir, make sure to subscribe on our website at palantir.net. There you can also read our blog and see our work. Each of these episodes is also available on iTunes. And of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at Palantir. Thanks for listening.